Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Psychiatry. It's February 2023 and I am Sophia Davis, the Senior Editor at Lancet Psych. And this month I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Ofarin Rahimi Mobagar, who is Professor of Psychiatry at the Tehran University of Medical Science and Director of the Iranian National Center for Addiction Studies in Tehran. And Afarin new research on drug use in the Eastern Mediterranean is published in our April issue, and it should also be online now where you're hearing this. So Afarin, your paper is looking at drug use and drug use disorders and treatment services. It's a, a huge paper um, in the whole of the Eastern Mediterranean. And to situate this really big piece of research, could you tell me a bit more about why you wanted to focus on the whole region and what is important to bear in mind about the region when, when we're thinking about drug use within it? Yes, uh, thank you very much, Sophia. I have worked on this topic and in this region for over 25 years. The East Mediterranean region has been a high-risk area due to the level of drug production and trafficking and level of political conflicts, and drug use has been associated with various public health problems. However, drug use is an under-investigated and neglected area. I have found that the stigma associated with drug use is so great that even health and social science professionals have been reluctant to address this issue. Therefore, the drug problem in this region is much more hidden than in other areas of the world. For me, it has been important throughout my career to be able to shed more light on this topic. So then, with this in mind, what, what were you aiming to achieve in the study in terms of what you wanted to, to bring to this under-researched area? Uh, I'm directing Iranian National Center on Addiction Studies, which is a WHO collaborating center for research and training on substance use. Our center has a strong epidemiology group. We have previously conducted several systematic reviews on drug situation and responses in the region before. I can say that we had conducted such reviews every four or five years and we published the results in the form of reports or books. But it was the first time that we decided to try our best and use the available data to provide estimates on the consumption of different types of drugs uh, for the country's uh, subregions and the entire region, and for adults and young populations. Furthermore, in almost all countries of the region, there are large differences between men and women in the extent and nature of drug use, and we wanted these differences to be documented. Um, I mean, thinking of that, I'd like to ask you about the, the key findings of the study, but it will be interesting to come back to that question in a moment about the, the differences between men and women's drug use, because that was something that was a bit tricky to pinpoint in the, in the study in some ways. It's hard to summarize the main findings because you were looking at so many different countries within the region and various different um, drugs. But how would you phrase the key things that you, that you found within the study? Yes, I mean, generally prevalence of past 12-month use of drugs is the most important indicator 
on the extent of drug use. We estimated that 6.7% of the adult population in the region use illicit drugs annually. This is higher than the global estimate, which is about 5.5%. The rates differ in males and females substantially. It's about 11% among males and 2.5% among females. Um, the high rate of drug consumption in this region is mainly because of the high rate of cannabis use in the North Africa and opioid use, uh, mostly opium, in the South Asia. We also estimated that 4.3% of the adult population use cannabis and 2.2% use opioids and 0.4% use stimulants. Um, there are drug use patterns that are specific to our region. Most of opioids used in the region, especially in South Asia, is opium, which is rarely used in other areas of the world. Tramadol, which can be classified as a prescription opioid, is more commonly used in the North Africa and West Asia. And buprenorphine use is higher in Tunisia. About stimulants, I can say that hot as a stimulant is more widely used in East Africa. So you can see patterns in subregions which is specific to this region. Um, and about drug use in young people, I can say that we were unable to provide estimates for female young population, but for male youths, we estimated that about 5% had used drugs in the past year. Cannabis is the most common drugs of use, followed by amphetamine-type stimulants. Um, and about amphetamine-type stimulants, it also differed from country to country. For example, in Iran, in young population, methylphenidate is the drug that um, used more commonly, and captagon in Saudi Arabia. Uh, we also aim to provide information on drug use disorders, the data on the prevalence of drug use disorders was scarce and largely heterogeneous, so we were unable to provide any estimates and we only presented the available data. However, we found a large body of data on the demographic characteristics of people who use drugs, and most of these data were for those with drug use disorders who attended treatment. Uh, only about 7.5% were female. Just picking up on the male-female, because you had mentioned that and I am saying that for young people, you were unable to get those estimates. C can you say a little bit more about that, about why the data were unavailable? Yes, actually, many treatment centers in the, in the, the region only accept uh, men. So uh, when, uh, So there were many studies that only addressed men and we had very low data on female and also uh, in our region which is a mostly muslim population uh, many schools and even universities were only uh, one gender schools or you know, universities and we had the studies that was carried out only in boys so th that was the reason what we had very low data on female young population, specifically young population. And also for those who attended treatment, we found that 
only 7.5% were female. It means that drug use is really uh, much less in a female population, although it is also possible that because of a uh, high level of stigma attached to drug use, specifically for female population, uh, their uh, referral for treatment of drug use might be much less than uh, male population. Mm. To a certain extent, it's also just not known, right, if, if the data is not being collected. Yes. Uh, we also found that the mean age was about 34 for those who attended treatment. Uh, although the mean age of first drug use was about 21, which is higher than that has been reported from many Western developed country, countries. More than one third were unemployed and one third had history of incarceration. So these are the data that we could estimate for the whole region. We also estimated current or last year injection drug use at 15% of drug users seeking treatment, which also varied considerably between countries. This was covering the use of drugs and in the past year and also drug use disorder. And sometimes you've mentioned that the data was collected from people coming to treatment centers. So you, you also studied the availability of treatment centers or treatment services around the region, didn't you? And there was quite a high variability in that. What, what did you, what do you take away as the key findings to do with um, treatment services in the whole region? Uh, yes, actually, except two countries of Djibouti and Somalia, treatment facilities for drug use disorders exist in all countries of the region, 20 other 20 countries of the region. But most countries have only a few centers. There are only six countries which have centers in different parts of the country, namely Afghanistan, Egypt, Iran, Morocco, Lebanon, and Pakistan. And the main type of treatment facilities in most countries of the region are residential rehabilitation and inpatient centers for detoxification. Uh, opioid agonist treat maintenance treatment, which is regarded as a standard treatment for opioid use disorder, exists in only seven countries. And methadone maintenance treatment is available in only four countries. The South Asia subregion has the most extensive treatment services in the region, perhaps because of the higher number of opioid dependents in this area. And the most extensive treatment program exists in Iran with more than 8,000 outpatient and residential facilities and wide availability of both methadone and buprenorphine for maintenance treatment, both in communities and also in the prisons. About treatment coverage, I can say that treatment coverage for drug use disorders is low. Uh, even in the countries with extensive program, the coverage is low. Stigma and discrimination against those with drug use further limit the accessibility to treatment. The other issue is that most of the inpatient and residential centers in the region only admit men. Uh, Iran and Afghanistan have a few specific centers for women and children. And uh, overall, the situation of addiction treatment in this region has much room for improvement. Yeah. I mean, thinking of that, I mean, it's clear from what you're saying that there's 
room for improvement. What what are some of the things that you specifically think are are needed? The main issue is advocacy. I think uh, most of the care authorities have a low level of understanding about drug use problem and their needs. You've mentioned the high level of um, stigma and that this is getting in the way. Is that something that you think is one of the most important things to address? Or Yes, sure. Uh, stigma as well as the data. Actually, they even do not have the data to know uh, the extent of the problem. And uh, even in countries that uh, we see that some, uh, some services are available, there are very few and there are room for expansion uh, and there are many people who cannot access uh, the health services for treatment. Given all of this room for improvement that, that you can see, Obviously, you can't solve all of this, but for you, what do you see as being the next important steps for you in in your research? Actually, my dream is to create a strong epidemiology group in the region with researchers from at least 10 countries working together. The main goal is to agree on the gaps and create monitoring mechanisms on different aspects of drug use, harms, and interventions that are suitable for our own region and are based on regional problems, culture, and resources. We would like to work with researchers in the region and with relevant UN agencies such as WHO and UNODC to strengthen evidence and fill the gaps on this topic. We in the region can also work together to expand and improve standard evidence-based treatment services and monitor the changes in this field. This would partly address um, the issue of gathering the the relevant data that you mentioned, and it would be able to then inform um, different actions, different public health actions. So what, what do you feel like the research that you've done here, obviously this is just a part of other research that you're doing, but this particular paper, what, what implications do you think it has for, for this field? Actually, uh, first, uh, we developed a method to estimate last 12-month use. We graded the literature and selected the highest graded data, which were the latest, most representative studies for the prevalence of each drug type for the adult and young population in each country. We also developed a method to take data on lifetime use and past-month use and convert it to last 12-month use. We also used sub-regional categorizations based on the similarities in social, cultural, and developmental characteristics and drug use patterns according to our knowledge from past reviews. So we categorized the region to five sub-regions. In this way, we were able to provide details about the nature and extent of drug use in these five sub-regions. Do, do you want to say what those five sub-regions were? Yes, it was uh, East Africa, North Africa, West Asia, South Asia, and Gulf countries. We also clearly stated that for a number of indicators, it was impossible to extrapolate and provide estimations. It was important to us not to provide any estimation when the data quality was poor. For example, we didn't provide any estimations for cocaine use. 
we were unable to estimate drug use in female youth in any category of drugs. Overall, we didn't provide regional estimates when we didn't have estimates for at least three subregions. All these details that we defined for the method of this study can be used and improved in the next reviews as well as for other areas. Yeah, so it lays a groundwork for, for building on this, as you said, in your, in your hope to create a center that solidifies the region in future research. And do you see there as being any, any limitations in this study that you'd like to try to build on in the future? Yeah, actually, the main limitation that we faced was the low level of data on several indicators for some, from some countries. Therefore, we had to extrapolate data from other countries. However, we included more than 330 studies or documents, which was a significant number. Uh, and now we know that limited data exists, especially regarding drug use disorders, treatment coverage, and drug use among women and youths. And these are more complicated issues um, that uh, we should uh, address in future. You also included uh, studies of many different languages, didn't you? Yes, uh, we tried, uh, in addition to uh, English, uh, we tried to cover documents in uh, Arabic, uh, Persian, and French. And is there anything else um, that you would like to say about about the work? Is there anything that you that you came to say that you didn't get to say? I think I have uh, covered, and your questions were uh, quite comprehensive. <laughs> yeah, I think comprehensive is a good word. <laughs> To, to summarize, it's a huge piece of work. And yeah, as you've mentioned, there were groups, it's very important to notice the groups that um, where data is lacking in, in terms of different countries or different types of population. But it's such an important piece of work in terms of how it, how it does, how it is so comprehensive for, for the region. So. Yes, thank you. And uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. We'll end it there, but you can read more about Offering's research online now at thelancet.com. So thank you so much for joining me, Offering, and thank you to the listeners for joining us for this episode of In Conversation With. And remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With the Lancet Psychiatry wherever you usually get your podcasts.